This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me today are the Toledo Symphony's president and CEO, Zach Vassar, also the principal second violin and artistic administrator, Merwin Sue, and our special guest today, one of the TSO's trustees, that is Saga Schaffner. Welcome to everybody. Thank you for joining us. Did I get your name right, Saga? You did. We were talking right before we got on the uh, podcast about your name. Your name is kind of unusual. I've never heard anybody named Saga before. Well, my parents uh, were interested in naming an adult woman instead of a baby, it turns Mm. out. So they were thinking fairly grand, shall I say, which is a little intimidating when you're young and even later on in life, it's still a little, mm, I'm the only saga around. So That's a great yeah. name, though, it I is have to name. say. yeah. Um, now, you are here uh, just visiting, but we roped you into coming on air, so we thank you for that, Saga, and we, we're, we're looking forward to your participation today. Well, last week we talked about this Colors concert, which is actually happening this weekend. We talked about the uh, Tuba Concerto of Sam Adler. That is a world premiere that's happening. Also, something very interesting, hence the title, Colors, for this concert, is that Holly Carr, who is a silk painting artist, is going to be... Uh, I guess you could say performing. She's going to be painting along with the symphony while they play these wonderful Russian classics uh, for the audience right there on the stage. And Holly's going to be calling in any minute. Where is she now? She's in... uh, I believe she's in Nova Scotia. In Nova Scotia. A part of Canada. I was going to say, for people who don't know, (laughs) that is actually in Canada. So she's going to be calling in and telling us how how she operates and tell us a little bit about her art. Zach, can you give us a bit of a, a primer on this? Sure. So this is one of Alain Trudel's uh, friends, I guess, uh, previous uh, concert partners. Uh, and when he was talking about some of his experiences on the stage in Canada, uh, his mention of Holly Carr really stuck with me because uh, you, you think of different ways to make classical music immersive and and relevant. Um, one is that you know the, the music in many cases does frame a story. Uh, as we got into the Romantic era and the, the modern era, there was a lot more uh, story-inspired as opposed to you know simply playing around with the musical form, sonata form, and things like that. And when you get to Stravinsky and you get to the Firebird, this is a story. It's a legend. Uh, it, 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 each movement portrays a different piece of the story. And uh, what, what Holly does during the performance is paint the Firebird story as the orchestra is playing it. So it kind of reunites the music to the story in a way that might not be evident otherwise. And I just, I, I love the concept. Uh, she'll be she'll be painting onto massive silk panels that will probably be behind and aside the orchestra. And uh, she'll be backlit. So what we'll be seeing is really her, her silhouette painting the Firebird story. And since she's painting on silk, the paint transfers through quite quickly. So she'll be painting from behind, and uh, we'll be seeing the story take shape from in front. So it should be really visually stunning and ca- quite captivating. Yeah. And this will be, will this be on TSO and HD as well? So you get it the will close-ups? Be. It yeah. will be. So you'll also have probably a camera behind the behind the screens. <laughs> so you, wow. can, uh, you can see a little bit of what she's doing uh, on the other side. So you get all the magic. And, and, well. and in many ways, this is coming full circle because about five years ago, uh, you, some might remember that Stefan Sanderling partnered with uh, an artist named Felix de la Cancha to perform uh, during a performance of 
Mazorski's pictures at an exhibition. That's right. He oh. made he made pictures during pictures, um, and he painted portraits of uh, symphony musicians during the performance. So that was one of the first TSO and HD experiences because the the screens were there to really show what he was doing with his paintbrushes on his canvas, yeah. since not everybody could see that. Well, you may hear a little scribbling going on here in the background, and that's because we're trying to emulate what's happening on this Colors concert. Everybody here has a piece of drawing paper and, and colored pencils, and so during the course of the podcast, we are all tasked with uh, drawing our own picture of whatever it may be. could be inspired by something in the podcast or something in the concert or just uh, something at all. So at the very end, we're going to get together, and everybody's going to you know describe their pictures for the uh, listening audience and we'll also uh, grab a picture with everybody so we can put this on our website and everybody can see that as well there's holly okay hang on let me let me bring her in hello is this holly hello. yes it is hi, hi. Well, this is brad this is brad and, and merwin is here and zach is here Hello. Hello. Hello, Holly. And we also have uh, Saga Schaffner, who is a, a trustee of TSO. She's sitting in with us today. Hello there. Hi, Holly. So you are uh, up in Nova Scotia, is that correct? I am indeed. Yeah, and as we ascertained earlier, that is a part of Canada, right? <laughs> <laughs> so. Yes, a, rem- a remote, beautiful part of Canada. Yeah, well, that's great. Sounds wonderful. Um, you are performing with the Toledo Symphony. I can say performing, right? It's kind of like performing. Oh, it absolutely is, yes. Yeah. Yes, I consider it, yeah. Zach has given us a little bit of a rundown on what it is that you are going to be doing, but I, I think it would be nice to hear from you. Uh, what do you plan to do with the symphony when you're here? Well, um, once I get there, I set up, I have these screens that I carry around with me. They're on hinges, so I can make them very large, um, and I stretch some silk on them. And I, I actually paint on the backside of the silk so that the color goes through the front where the audience can um, view it. So I'm more or less a silhouette sometimes. Sometimes just the screen is lit and I'm not. And so you get to watch the painting, and the painting becomes... Um, the entertainer, you know, it's yeah. sort of, and I paint to rhythm, so to the music. So it's very much in um, a partnership between the two, rather than me doing my own thing back there. Wow, you, you've chosen. We've got some very rhythmic music for you to, to paint <laughs> to. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. I painted to it before. Yeah. Uh, and in this case, there's an actual story. I, you know, it, it depends on the piece of music I work with, but because there's a story, then I will try to depict elements of the story so that it, you know, it makes sense. And it really? and it's quite fun because, of course, the the um the the beautiful firebird at the end that I'll get I'll get to paint in all its glory is a nice conclusion. Yeah, well, there are a lot of colors in that uh, firebird, hence the the title of the concert, I guess you could say. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. So during the course of our little podcast here, what I did for the folks sitting in the studio with me was pass out um, some drawing paper and some colored pencils. So we're all actually sketching our own pictures right now while we're talking to oh, you. Oh, in real time, we're going to try time. to do this yeah. within exactly the same amount of time as the Firebird Suite itself. <laughs> so it's going to, we're going to totally know exactly what you're going through. It's a yes. perfect analog. So, so Holly, this is Zach. I, I, I'm fascinated by by the the concept here, and I, and I I know that you have worked with Alain Trudel before. Is that right? 
Yes, indeed. And he speaks very highly of you and uh, his previous experiences. So we're very excited to, um, as he becomes our music director, uh, start working with many of the artists that he's collaborated with in the past and and start to bring some of the the greatest hits of of his experiences here to Toledo. So I'm very happy that you're one of them. Yeah. Oh, me me as well. I'm really (laughs) pleased that he's bringing me there. So I haven't... um, I've worked with lots of symphonies uh, across Canada and lots of musicians actually around the world, but I've never been to the U.S. to paint. So really? Really? My first, I know. I have, this is the first time. So, wow. um, yeah, I'm looking forward a to it. A couple debuts yeah. in this performance. Yeah. How did you get into this, Holly? It's a, it's a wonderful specialty, but it's, it's definitely a specialty. Yeah, I, I've always been interested in theater, and I, I build large installations, like you know, like 60, 60 feet round, 20 feet high, that people get inside, and I've always had sort of this interest in the theatrical. Um, and one year I worked with a theater company. We collaborated and I create, in an art gallery and I created this piece during this live performance. So mm. the audience would come in and, and sit and I do a monologue and actually paint the audience. And anyway, it was just this fun sort of thing. And another, um, uh, a man saw me and he was drawing with some musicians and wasn't feeling well and said, hey, can you fill in for me? And um, it was at a conservatory and I was working with a, a couple of classical musicians and I said, yes, as long as I can paint on silk, I'm fine. I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I'll figure it out. So I stretched a 16-foot piece of silk by eight feet and, um, and I had uh, eight minutes and I just winged it and had a wonderful time and the audience really responded and I backlit the silk and when I hit just a little bit of red I heard the audience gasp and I thought wow I think we have something here and um, then I started working with uh, jazz musicians I've I've worked with uh, poets and storytellers and um, when it really got grew I had um, Stuart McLean who's very famous here in Canada he's recently passed away he also uh, toured the States, but he was a, a famous storyteller, and he worked with a whole band, and he was called Stuart McLean, the Final Cafe, and they took me on a month-long tour across Canada, and we did 26 shows, um, and he was very popular, and um, I was seen by a lot of people, and that's how I was introduced to the National Art Center Orchestra here in Canada. They saw me and asked me if I'd like to perform with them, and then I just kept playing and having lots of fun. So, yeah. Yeah. What was that first piece? What was that first eight-minute venture? Yeah, I was going to ask the same question. Mm-hmm. Dude, what was it? Oh, it was actually, it was funny because the, they do a lot of abstract uh, paintings or drawings, you know, and I'm not an abstract artist. I appreciate it, but I'm not. I, I paint things that are very accessible. I end up doing these gigantic dragonflies, and mm. they were dripping, and they were just uh, lovely, and they were kind of circling around each other. Um, and that's what I came up with in the eight minutes, as I was almost leaping to get it done with the dancer who was performing in front of the uh, screen. So, wow. yeah, yeah. And every time, everything's, you know, it just depends on who I'm working with. Like jazz musicians a lot of times just like to improvise, so I just make up crazy stuff, and um, and it depends on the audience. And it's, it's, it's really fun. It's just... Um, you know, it's it's become a, a large part of my career, but not only. I I have gallery shows and I build installations and I illustrate for books. So I do lots of things with all with silk, and mm-hmm. so I feel like it's just a, I've been very lucky. So so Holly, I, I I'm very impressed to learn that you do this with classical music with jazz. Um, how does your approach change based on the genre that you're tackling? Oh, I really have to think about that. Um, well, j- jazz is always improvisation. That I, the ones, the musicians I've worked with um, at some festivals, 
and um, it's a little way out there, um, and, it, and it, there's, I have no idea what's going to happen. So a lot of times with classical, there's a flow, and I know the piece of music, so I'm ready for certain highs and lows <laughs> um, to, you know, for my energy and for what I'm going to paint. I try and time things. Um, but with jazz, it was really, I, I had no idea what was going to happen. And luckily, it didn't matter what the painting, what was I was painting. So, um, you know, it worked out okay. But I, I think my favorite, actually, is um, to work with orchestras. I just, I love it. I feel like I can't play any instruments. I took piano lessons and everything. I just can't. But I feel like I have an instrument. And I, you know, when I think of the conductor in the front with the wand, and I think of my brush that way, and I get lost back there. And I'm behind the silk, so I feel a little hidden, and I don't have to be shy. And I and I, I just forget. Well, I just get lost in the music. And my very favorite part was when everybody's warming up, and I'm getting ready to paint. And, you know, you hear the little bits of instruments squeaking and making noise. And I, I just get excited and, and uh, look forward to it. I feel like I'm one of them, mm. even though I'm obviously not. But I feel like I am. So, yeah, it's my way into that world, which is uh, really lovely. You seem to say that you're, you're kind of hidden. You're, you're, not, you're, not, you're not part of it. But you're, you're quite part of it. And in some way, you're more exposed than the rest of the orchestra who can kind of synthesize with their stand partners. You're, you're rather focal, whether you feel it or not. Not not to put on yeah. any pressure. <laughs> That's right. No, no, no. I am, and oh my gosh, and things can happen. You know, it's, it's, I'm human. It could make an accident. Anything. Luckily, most people don't know I'm painting, so I do something. They just think I did it on purpose. Do you ever? Do you ever just yeah. rip it off and start over? <laughs> Pull down I, the next well, sheet. I, oh, there's times I want to. I can't. I, I started and went. No, I went the wrong way because there's no racing. You get. You can't no. race on social, no matter how you work on it. But I think what I'm thinking when I'm hidden, it's the physicality of me. You know, it's my body. It's not. Mm. So I don't feel as um, vulnerable. It's more. I'm behind the silk, and so yes, you can, and I can make mistakes, or anything can happen. But that's the wonderful thing about live art. It's it's not a machine, you know, and then no. so who knows what will happen. That's I think that's the fun part of it. You but, can just pull a Bob Ross and, you know, splash something over it and say it's a cloud, <laughs> right? Yeah, I could I could do that for sure. Yeah. Like, my biggest fear has always been um, falling through the screen or something <laughs> silly. It's never, it's never happened. But it's that, it's that thing you wake oh, up in no. a nightmare, the thought, what if I just came popping through here or something? But, but um, let's, so far, yeah. I've, I've been lucky, yeah. Let, let's just give the audience the sense that that's a, a possibility, so we'll get more people coming in just for the, you know, just the for danger the, of it? the danger, danger yeah. factor. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I had one accident in all the years, and I've done this hundreds of times, and I was uh, with Stuart McLean, and they had put me on this large riser, and I had always been on sort of a two-foot one. In this particular case, it was five feet off the ground, and I had stairs, and they were lit up because it's dark back there. And so and I turned around to go off to uh, do my exit, and he was still reading, by the way. I fell five feet straight off of the, the Ooh, riser oh, and crashed into the ground behind the screen. Nobody could see, but they could hear this terrible crash oh. and he sort of stopped for a minute and then just kept on reading. <laughs> wow. and, uh, all the green room was below so all of the musicians heard me and they were terrified of what uh, if i was crawling across the stage with a broken limb or something but i um i made it and that was the only time i ever had anything happen so so hopefully the i won't come popping through the screen or yeah. fall or anything <laughs> during this performance i'm sure it'll it'll go <laughs> swimmingly Holly Carr is a soap painting artist. She's on the phone with us from uh, Nova Scotia. Holly's performing this weekend with the Toledo Symphony. I, I didn't mention where the concert is. That's at the Toledo Museum of Art Paris Style. And it's uh, this Saturday, October 20th, 8 o'clock p.m. Elaine Trudell on the podium. Uh, we're also going to hear that tuba concerto by Sam Adler, a world premiere. And then these three great pieces by Russian artists, um, also the Firebird Suite. And that's the one that you're painting to, right, Holly? Yeah, that's the one. 
Can I ask your favorite color? Red. Oh, my favorite color is red, too. We're doing this color test. I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind if you want to hang on for a minute while I go through mm-hmm. everybody's favorite colors here. Yeah. So red, the color test says people who like red. That would be you and I, Holly. Anybody else here choose red? No? Nobody else chose red? Here's what it says about red. Those who love red live life to the fullest and are tenacious and determined in their endeavors. Do you agree with that? Oh, my gosh, absolutely. Yeah. Yep, red all the way. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> I think that works. Merwin, what was your favorite color? It's kind of a bluish purple. It's purple. Yeah. Purple, yeah. <laughs> you are, well, this is this is good for you, uh, Merwin. You are artistic and unique. Whoa, I didn't read this part. You have a great respect for people, but at times can be arrogant. Oh, <laughs> that works. Oh, my. <laughs> Let's see, what's your favorite color, Zach? Uh, I went with uh, kind of a candy green. Kind of okay, a- well, that would be green. And I should say I have green as well. Oh, okay. So the last two folks here are green. Here we go. This is green. Those who love the color green are often affectionate, loyal, and frank. Green lovers are also aware of what others think of them and consider their reputation very important. Would you agree with that? Well, that certainly fits with living up to the name Saga, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I love that. Yes, indeed. I love that. That's really interesting. Um, Holly, tell us, I mean, I, I wanted to ask you about this before, but we never got into it. Tell us a little bit about um, the difference between painting on silk and painting on canvas, because you work with silk. What what are the qualities of that medium? Yeah, they're very different. Um, I, and I started out when I was in art college. I started out with canvas. Um, there's uh, first of all, you can't make any mistakes. There's no do overs on canvas. You could scrape it off, and you could just repaint or paint on top of it. Um, it you have one shot with silk, and if you muddy it in any way, if your colors aren't fresh. If things drip or they pour, that it's it's kind of a disaster. Now, the only thing that it's such a beautiful fabric or medium that um, even disasters can look beautiful, so that's helpful. Um, but no, they're very very similar. I would say similar to watercolor, the closest I would say. Um, but the translucency of the silk and the way it moves, and the, I really love that when I'm painting. People will notice that my um, my uh, silk will will uh, wiggle and wave and, and make make movements with the music, which I, I like. It adds to to me. It adds to the uh, performance element, mm. um, and especially if I work in a large piece, if I hit one side, the whole silk will ripple down, mm. um, and and it looks absolutely gorgeous. So that's also to me another added element that um, that I think works with a performance. Yeah, and we can backlight it, which is fantastic. Well, I was going to say, it captures light in a completely different way than canvas does, right? Oh, it's like stained glass. It really looks like stained glass. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting here watching Zach and Merwin Saga, and I finished a long time ago with our pictures. (laughs) Oh, oh, she drew two pictures. Wow, those look really good. Yeah. You have a bird and a horse, right? A fire horse and a fire bird. a dragon type. A dragon. Well, that's a fire horse, right? (laughs) (laughs) Dragon is a fire horse. Um, Merwin, are you finished with yours? I'm all set. Okay, turn around. Let's take a look at it. I want you to describe what this is. Pretend like we're on, you know, a cooking show, and you're like, I have, I have made for you. Just do a description for us. Well, in honor of our guest, is a stylized Canadian flag um, with a maple leaf um, designed to look like a firebird feather. Um, oh. There's a backlit eye, and 
emanating like smoke from a Tim Hortons coffee cup are some smoke birds. <laughs> and, and we should add that, of course, you use Tim Hortons coffee as I part, of the, it's uh, part, of, mm-hmm. part of the medium there. There's also a donut and a car with a holly insignia. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and there's a little creature. Yeah, tell us about the creature. Oh, um, it's a beaver. Um, when I was um, <laughs> ten or eleven, the only time I ever um, really kind of was dabbling in art for public consumption was um, a pseudo political cartoon for my school newspaper, and all the characters were beavers, and I made fun of Canadian politics. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I can definitely see the purple coming out in you there. Artistic <laughs> and unique. Zach, why don't you hold yours up and give us a little description? Well, I tend to doodle. So this is really just doodles. Um, so I started making these little color blocks. Uh, you were trying to have us react to uh, yeah. the podcast. So I thought right. that we often have uh, frames of discussion points and we move through them, hopefully in a way that's not quite obvious to our, our listeners. Um, and that's what was going on in these different color blocks. Um, and at the top, I did this sort of left to right thing, which looks a lot like your computer, uh, which started with a lot of noise and then it moves into a firebird. Interesting. And then down below, I just started making a Birdman. Yeah, I see that. Complex. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm going to see that in my nightmares tonight. As a matter of fact, <laughs> <laughs> the Birdman. Yeah. It's sort of like you have a quilt <laughs> yeah. above the Birdman. The Birdman is yeah. Yeah, it's they're they're really intended to be separate. It, I'll, I'll sell this at an auction someday, and it will shred. <laughs> exactly. Right. Uh, Saga, what it, you made the the dragon horse or the the fire dragon. Well, initially, it did start out trying to be a dragon, and then turned into more like a. A horse, uh, so yeah. you're right. And then once I had lots of color going on with that, then I moved into a separate page and draw drew more of a bird type yeah. in flight with mm-hmm. again lots of colors and trailing wings. Well, your drawing has a lot of motion to it because you have these long, long curved lines of color all and all the colors layering on top of each other in the wings and the long neck mm-hmm. and the head and the crest. The strokes are very different they from are. Yeah, yep. absolutely. And, yeah, you and have your a style. firebird has eyelashes. I'm assuming that she's a girl. <laughs> yes, yes. I was definitely interested in the eyes yeah. on, on both yeah. of these uh, creatures. It's beautiful. Um, I am not much of an artist. I basically just drew a, a, a second-grade version of a bird with a big F on his chest uh, <laughs> flying over a bunch of stick people running away saying, help. And then off in the corner, there's a little Igor Stravinsky laughing maniacally. Ah. See him down there in the yeah. What is what is the the bird saying though, Brad? I see some words. Squaw, squaw. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a firebird call. Gotcha. If you didn't know, I, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. yeah, I'm remembering as I'm looking at these that there was actually a, a visualization of the firebird story in the Fantasia that they did in was it Fantasia 2000. Do you guys remember this? Oh yeah, I think there was a deer. I remember right? 2000. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a long, long time ago. Yeah. No, but there was a there was a, a pretty amazing. Um, uh, representation of the Firebird story in in art aligned to music, so you know it's kind of appropriate that we're revisiting this now, eighteen years later. Yeah. Nice. Well, we have enough time to do one more quiz, and while we're talking about the Firebird, Holly, you want to stay with us for this quiz? Yeah, go for it. Okay. This this quiz is called Bird or No Bird. So what I have here, <laughs> I listen. I spent probably an hour and a half agonizing over the title. A, a bird or no uh, bird? My answer Try is to figure it out. Yeah. C. Larry Bird. Let me pull up 
<laughs> Let me pull up our little background music for that. Okay. This is called Bird or No Bird. I've got 12 different birds, and some of them are real birds and some of them are fake birds. And you have to tell me if it's a bird or if it's no bird. Just to clarify, it's made-up bird means one that you made up or that no, would no, only no. exist it's in mythology? one that mythology. actually exists in mythology. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So you can say, that's no bird. Or you can say that's that's bird. a bird, yep. right? Okay, here's the first one. Caladrius. Anybody want to jump can, in? Can, can you use it in a sentence, please? This Caladrius <laughs> is possibly a bird, but it might be no bird. I think okay. no bird. No yeah, bird? It sounds, you're right. It sounds more like a container. Good job, Saga. You're up one. <laughs> yeah, that's from, one. from Roman mythology, a white bird with healing powers. Okay, a cockatrice. Bird. <laughs> bird. That's a, that's a bird. That actually is a mythical beast bird. It's oh, a, it's a two-legged dragon or serpent-like creature with a rooster's head. That comes from English wow, legend. Wow, cool. Yeah. So that was uh, incorrect. Devil bird. What is a devil bird? That's a bird. Is that's that a bird, bird or yeah. a no bird? That's, that's actually a, bird. a no bird. Another it's no a bird. Sri Lankan uh, mythology. Its shrieks predict death, sort of like a banshee bird. Interesting. Ah, so yeah. they call it the devil bird. How about the giant ibis? Oh, that is, that a, is bird. a bird. That, yeah. that is a bird. That it's is my daughter's favorite birds. I don't know why. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> How about the golden pheasant? Also yeah, a bird. That's a bird. That is a bird. It comes from Western China. How about a jetayu or jetayu? How do you spell it? J-A-T-A-Y-U. Jitayu. That didn't help me at all. <laughs> a jetayu. I think it's a bird. You I'm going to say not bird, just to add some what, drama. What do you say, Marwin? You want the third choice? or I'm going to go with Larry Bird, yes. <laughs> Larry Bird, okay. It is actually a mythological bird. Oh, it comes from Hindu bird. mythology. Okay, these are all, as I Can't mentioned, in alphabetical order. So purple-winged ground dove. Is that that's a, a bird. It sounds like a reasonable bird. That is, that's that's bird. a real bird. Yeah. It's from the Atlantic Forest in southeastern Brazil. How about the Quetzal? Q-U-E-T-Z-A-L. That's that a is a real bird. That's a bird. Yes. It's a bird. It was also indeed. my best scoring Scrabble word ever. <laughs> and one of the only words that rhymes yeah. with pretzel if you're writing a song. Yeah. <laughs> Quetzal, pretzel. Yeah. Okay. Here's the last one. The Wolpertinger. Got to be. Who'd say bird? bird. You yeah. say yes? Yes. I think a bird. No. Oh. It's not no? a bird. <laughs> Made it up. I laid it's an the egg. name of the man who lives across the street from me. <laughs> now, this thing, it looks it looks exactly what it sounds like. It's called a Wolpertinger, or in German, a Wolpertinger, and it's um, comes from German folklore. It's a creature with the head of a rabbit, the body of a squirrel, the antlers of a deer, and the wings, and occasionally the legs of a pheasant. So this is like the German jackalope. Oh, that's what I was yeah. saying, jackalope. Yeah. <laughs> so it sort of qualifies as a bird, right? So so is it a bird in Germany? Say that again. <laughs> is it a bird in Germany? <laughs> I'm bringing out these little stingers that I have here. We do have so the bumblebee. So if I do it again, bee. we're going to get to the tonic, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, maybe <laughs> that's is, close. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what a stinger is. It's like a little. Uh, it sounds like a sting, right? An audio sting. Walking in fields of gold. Holly, I didn't warn you, but uh, I, I have this little soundboard here that can play different sounds. And he right? was so restrained through the yeah. first twenty minutes of, uh, <laughs> of the. I wish I had one. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe we could hook you up with a soundboard while you're painting yeah, and every once in a while. Add a whole other element. That'd be fun. You can just reach over and kick it with your foot and, you know, I'm or sure kick Merwin and Merwin will scream. <laughs> We're just about out of time, but I do want to say the concert is this Saturday, 8 o'clock p.m. at the Toledo Museum of Art Paris style. Elaine Trudell on the podium. David Saltzman, tubist, playing the world premiere of the Sam Adler Tuba Concerto. And, of course, Holly Carr, with whom we've been speaking today, will be painting on silk a wonderful performance to Stravinsky's Sweet the Firebird. So, Holly, thank you for joining us so much, and uh, we look forward to having you here in Toledo. Thank you for having me. It was fun. This has been Toledo Symphony Lab. It's a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony. You can download episodes of this program as a podcast by going to our website. That's at wgte.org slash lab. You can also subscribe to us through your podcast app of choice, including Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. I also want to thank Zach Vasser and Merman Sue and our special guest, Saga Schaffner from the TSO Board of Directors. Thank you for joining us as well. And uh, remember, you can check out all the upcoming events at the Symphony by visiting their website at ToledoSymphony.com. I'm Brad Cresswell, and you've been listening to Toledo Symphony Lab here on FM 91.